Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide podcast, episode number 10, the big one zero. Is this our celebratory episode, Joe? <laughs> I think so. 10 whole episodes, kind of 11 with that bonus one that I did. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> How are you? I'm doing really good, mate. Well, I lie, I'm actually really cold, but that's just because it's, uh, as we're recording this, it's November and it's gone horrendously cold. How are you? Have you ever heard of heating? I have, but I meant outside because ah, I was attempting right. to, you know, not be in studio mode and actually leave and see some of the outdoors. So I went to go see some fireworks last night and it was horrendously cold. I can imagine. I'm, I'm good. I'm warm. I'm nice and warm. I've got a <laughs> cup of tea. I'm, I'm very happy. So, Joe, what are, we, what are we talking about this week? So this week, as premised in our previous episode, we are mm. doing our first challenge we are doing a home studio setup challenge. What does that entail? So the basic outline of it is, is that we're each going to have a hypothetical £1,000 to spend on one site to keep it fair. And by the end, we want to give you, the listener, the, the gear list that you can take. And if you were to get, you could get a quality recording production that is ready to be mixed and could rival any other band in your area. So the website we are using for transparency and and full disclosure is tomann.de, well, slash GB, I think is the website. Anyway, um, (laughs) is everyone, seemingly everyone knows about Tomann, and there seems to be always a debate about whether it's Tomann or Toman. I've heard both. Um, (laughs) Where do you come on the the argument? Uh, I think I'm Toman controversial maybe it's a, it's a northern <laughs> southern thing but that's i was going to say north south divide but you're from yorkshire i'm from yorkshire um <laughs> so we're using tom M, um and there are several kind of ground rules that we have set up for ourselves um so we are making sure everything is full price on that website um if there's any sort of sales or any reductions or anything like that, we are ignoring that. We are going for full price, um, just to kind mm-hmm. of be fair. Um, and as we record it, Black Friday is kind of around the corner, so it was we had to kind of be careful about what we were choosing. And everything has to be brand new, so we can't go um, used for any of this stuff. Now, it's worth pointing out that if I were to have an actual thousand pounds as opposed to a metaphorical thousand pounds and i was setting this up i would very much look especially for microphones in the second hand market because you can get some really good deals and save quite a lot of money um it's just worth pointing out really yeah the same goes for b stock really Hmm. there's uh there's a lot to be said for trawling the internet and finding really good bargains but there's no point in us finding you know a one-off bargain that no one else can replicate. So we just kind of want to even the playing field a little bit, not turn it into a research eBay bidding war and just kind of make it, everyone gets a grand and see what we can do from there. Happy days. It's also worth uh, pointing out before we really kind of get into the subject um, that all the prices that we referenced were kind of correct at time of recording to add up to a thousand. So if you decide to go onto the website and follow all the links which i'm going to include in the show notes to everything um and you go hang on that that's a thousand and one pounds how dare you um (laughs) sorry is all i can say but at the time of recording it was correct which is the day after bonfire night so it is 6th of november oh i didn't think we'd be dating them (laughs) well then it makes sense for when we got it that's true that's true so as i say we're ignoring black friday (laughs) 
um, sales because that's mm-hmm. a potential dangerous thing. Um, Joe, what are there any other things to be said for this before we kind of launch into what we've got? So the thing I think we also need to highlight is that we're doing two two different setups. Although I think there's still quite a lot of crossover, you're mostly focusing on the rock and metal side, and I'm kind of taking it from pop up to indie rock, kind of. So we're, we're kind of covering the broad spectrum between us. So there will be obvious differences between, between the two, because some genres require others. But I think you, it's an advice buffet. You can, you can pick and choose. Yes. Yes, just because um, I say this is what I would buy, but if you're in a, a rock band, it doesn't mean you must buy that and nothing else will work. Um, this is all down to opinion, if I'm really honest with you, because <laughs> a lot of microphone choices especially are down to opinion. Um, and there's usually for any given source, whatever you want to record, there are a myriad of options. Uh, there are literally hundreds of options say to record a guitar um so just because we pick one mic that doesn't necessarily mean that nothing else in the world will work just worth <laughs> pointing out so the final thing that's probably worth pointing out is we are making a few assumptions and there's a few things that we are leaving out which you may consider cheating but there we are such is life um we are assuming you have a good computer um whatever that may be um it can be a mac or pc i don't know why i'm saying it that way um just because if we were to include a computer in a thousand pounds, most of it would go on the computer, um, which is unfortunate, but there we are. Um, we are not including microphone stands and we are not including XLRs. Um, so XLR cables mm-hmm. between your audio interface and your microphones. Um, they can get quite expensive, um, just full disclosure. Um, but again, if we were to include that kind of thing, we, we the amount of money we'd have to spend on microphones and audio interfaces and etc um would be severely reduced um so we're kind of focusing on aside from the computer the more expensive stuff i guess yeah there are so many variables especially with xlrs and stuff like that that we don't know the size of the room that you're recording in quite true so we don't want to say oh you can get all this for this amount of money and then you go well joe and phil well we couldn't our live room is the sistine chapel so we require 600 meter long xlrs yeah it's so you're just gonna have to deal with the xlrs by yourself one caveat i would like to throw in about the computer though is that computers now i'd say a good student laptop is good enough to do a professional recording on yep i don't think you kind of have to go hell for leather and kind of buy like a mac pro one of those towers that can start like around about two or three grand I think now most people have a laptop that you can do a decent amount of recording on. We're, let's face it, with the budget that we've got, we're not going to be doing orchestra recording with 32 inputs. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> have I spoiled your intro? Maybe. No. <laughs> anyway, you don't want to buy a Mac because Macs are rubbish. Ooh. Well, let that's a argument for another time. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so Phil, do you want to uh, start from the top? Yes, and I'm I'm strangely nervous about this. I feel like I'm going to be <laughs> inquisitioned. That's a phrase. 
um, about my choices. So my first choice is for my audio interface, because every to do recording, you just need an audio interface. Um, for anyone not in the know, it is the the box that sits in between your computer and your microphones and allows you to plug one into the other that's mm-hmm. at a very basic level that is what it does um and it is absolutely essential i have chosen perhaps controversially the presonus studio 1810c also worth saying wow you don't need to write down these options these things because i'm going to include them in the show notes so don't worry about all the numbers <laughs> so here's here's my thinking it's got four microphone preamps so you can record mm-hmm. four channels at the same time. It's got two headphone outputs. So say you are the guitarist in your band and you're recording drums. You can listen to the the, the music being recorded as well as the drummer, which is is really yep. important. You need to mm-hmm. the person recording and the person playing both need to be able to hear what is happening. But also what what actually drew me to it um is that the mic mic preamps have eighty decibels of gain, which is really high. Wow. Yeah. So most um, conventional audio interface preamps have uh, anywhere between about 50 to 70 is quite standard. 80 is really quite high. So 80 decibels gives you um, loads of uh, space to record and it means that your noise floor, which is kind of the electrical um, signals and various ambient room sounds that you don't really want, um, can... uh, cannot be heard when you record, especially when you record quiet things. Um, it's just really good. It's really worth thinking about. Joe, do you have any questions for me on that one or not really? No, I'm going to reserve my questions till later on. I'm going to start throwing some scenarios at you. Oh, good. But one thing I do ask is what is the connection from that to your computer? Um, it's USB. USB. Oh, okay. I'll allow it. Uh, it's <laughs> USB 2, but I think it's also USB C if you've got a universal connector mm. <laughs> if you start doing thunderbolt i i don't do thunderbolt because i'm on a pc so that's that's mm. why that's my logical thinking um yeah. okay so my next item um this is probably a surprise to literally nobody um is a one of my first microphone choices is a Shaw sm57 shock horror right what a choice <laughs> um so it is one of the most universal microphones ever. Um, a lot of recordings include an SM57. Uh, so they are really good on snare drums and they're really good on guitar amps. And at a push, they can be really good on vocals and things like that. Um, we'll cover vocals in a moment. We'll come to that. Uh, but especially guitars and snare drums, they are pretty standard. Any loud source, I'd say. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. An SM57 is great. I think the other thing to point out is for for a sub £100 mic, it is built like a tank. It like, is. <laughs> you will not have to worry about putting that near, you know, a snare drum and it getting whacked. They, they could resist gunfire, those things. They are insanely <laughs> yep. well built. And it's it's one of those things where if you put it on a on a well-tuned snare drum it will sound like a rock snare drum oh yeah if you put it up to a i don't know a martial guitar amp, whatever it will sound like a rock guitar it's just it's just that kind of thing where it sounds immediately what you would associate in your head with rock music actually but also metal mm-hmm. for good reason there are in pretty much most commercial studios there are about eight or nine sm57s 
it is pretty standard. Yeah, they just keep them in in the, by the bucket load. So it's, uh, yeah, a pretty solid choice. I'll allow it. Next one. Thank you very much. My next choice, this this might be a bit left of field, is a Sennheiser E602, which is a kick drum microphone. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's probably not the most obvious kick drum choice. So it's also good for bass amps. Um, so if you're recording a bass amp, it's got that kind of low end um, extension. So it will mm-hmm. pick up all that low end as well as kick drums. Um, now it's, um, it's a little bit scooped, uh, in the, in the mid range, which is kind of in rock and metal is kind of what you're looking for in a, in a kick drum. Um, so it's naturally got a bit of a, an EQ curve on it, which is helpful. Um, but it's not absolutely scooped. So it's not like a, there's a, a microphone by Audix called a D6, which, mm-hmm is like a metal kick drum um but there is very little in the in terms of mid-range there deliberately but this is sort of a bit of a a midway point um so it's it's got some mid-range but not it's not completely gone um that is mm-hmm. a in my mind and honestly a really solid choice for a kick drum a rock kick drum and metal okay so here's my first question and it's yes. i agree with you on your choice but just for the sake of the listener who might not know that much about recording why wouldn't I just use an SM57 on the kick drum? Because it sounds like pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, so SM57 is really good for loud sources, and you will. F- there's there's no reason why you can't record a kick drum with an SM57. It won't pick up the low end in the same way mm-hmm. that this Sennheiser will. Um, it just won't have the kind of impact and 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 power that you really want a kick drum to have. Agreed. Thank you. I'm glad you're so agreeable. Yeah, call up your next witness. <laughs> my ne- my next witness. Now, this is my... Uh, so it, if we're going sort of around the drum kit, um, these are my overhead microphones. So if mm-hmm. you were recording drums with your four-channel interface, you've got one channel for kick, one channel for snare, and two for overhead microphones. Um, so that will capture your general drum kit but specifically you're looking for your tom micro your tom uh drums and your cymbals of varying sorts and this is the octave mk012 and you can get a pair of them um mm. for just under 250 quid it's not bad at all which is really quite good going yeah i know yeah um these uh so it's a, a russian company um which is that they're, they're, they're a bit strange sort of everyone's heard of them but it feels like no one's heard of them at the same time um but there you are. It's the worst kept secret kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. They are fantastic overhead microphones. Um, is kind of all I really need to say about that. Um, but, but they also have secondary uses. So if you are recording a bit of acoustic guitar, they would be great for that purpose too. You'd be able to get a great acoustic guitar tone with one of these microphones. Okay, cool. I think... Uh, oh, one question. Are they yep. a stereo pair? They are. A st- well, yes. So, so they're a matched pair. Yes, they are. Ah, oh. and in fact, they even come in a wooden box <laughs> to prove the point. I, honestly, see, as much as that I know is intended as a joke, between me and you, I think as engineers, it's really important that stuff comes in really nice cases. There's something about it is stuff coming in really nice, pristine presentation cases that makes you uh, feel fancy. That just makes you more excited about the gear. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, next item. So that's that's my main sort of drum choices. Um, I've then got a sort of 
supplementary choice, which I don't think is absolutely required, um, which is a Shure SM58, right? which is a very similar microphone to the SM57, but it's got um, that sort of bobble on the end of it. Everyone knows what I, what I mean by an SM58, I think. It's, it's like when you think of how a microphone looks, it's what everybody thinks of. It's that really classic outline. And it's got um, what's called a, a pop shield built into it. So it's naturally going to um, get rid of the harsh plosives. He said trying to make as much plosive as possible. Um, that come in the human voice. Um, so it's... It's a really standard live microphone choice, um, but it can be really underrated in the studio. It really seriously underrated in the studio. Um, a surprising amount of rock records have been made with an, a singer singing through an SM58. Um, so don't discount it. Um, it's not that you... It's a very similar microphone designed to the SM57, hence the similar name. Um, and it's not that you can't use the SM57. It's just that it's got that that sort of pop filter built into it, which is very helpful. Cool. And has anything else appeared on your list? I have a final two items. Mm-hmm. Um, so my final uh, two items is a pair or two pairs of headphones. So I have specifically gone for the Audio-Technica ATH M30X, a really catchy name. So you get yeah. a pair, two pairs of those. Um, Audio Technica really don't do catchy names for their, all their equipment, if I'm really honest with you. Um, so they are just a really solid headphone manufacturer. And they'll be able to, so you'll be able to plug those in and be able to really hear what's going on as you record. Um, and by my calculations, that's left me with £18.44 change, pocket change. Damn. So my question about the headphones is, are they closed back or open back? They are closed back indeed. And why would that be important? I was just about to explain. Um, so <laughs> um, open back headphones, um, for anyone not in the know, um, are, are exactly how they sound. So the back of the actual mini, mini speaker that sits in the headphones is open to the world, um, which means that you when you're listening through them, you'll get a sort of a lot more of a natural kind of high end sound to them, but they leak. So if you're recording, let's go more extreme, a really intimate sort of acoustic guitar part, and you've got a pair of open back headphones on there blasting the song through, you'll be able to hear it through the microphone and that will really compromise your recording. Uh, but close back is exactly what you think they are. So the, the back of the, the miniature speaker in the um, headphone is closed so it stops the sound leaking as much and it will control um, the amount of sound going straight from the headphone to the microphone an obvious example of that is uh, if you're recording vocal oh. click tracks with open back headphones oh yes <laughs> just gonna be an absolute nightmare so many times I have received a vocal track and just before they start singing, you hear it go. And it is so annoying. And Joe is laughing because he knows he knows the truth. Do you know what? I actually can't think of the last time that's happened to me. Oh, is it not? Oh, okay. No. Fair enough. I, think, I, think, I appreciate I'm very lucky in that, but I'm trying to think. I don't think that's happened to me in maybe the last year or so. Well, get you. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened to me. Um, it's fine. It's not. It's not the end of the world. It's completely. Con- uh, it's. It's. You can work around it, but it. It will just ever so slightly compromise what the person mixing has to do. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah so that's that's my major choices um okay. i so my it's worth it's worth saying my sort of aesthetic to use a very fancy term is that you are playing in a, a sort of rock band so i don't know you've got guitars bass drums vocals um and you like the way you sound in the room so you've got amps that you enjoy playing through and things like that um now it's it's also worth saying if you if that's not quite you so if you've got i don't know cheaper amps that you don't particularly like the sound of then it might be worth a different thinking through a different approach where you buy less microphones and you buy more um plugins and things like that which will allow you to do amp simulation and things like that um they have amp simulation has come on a very very long way in actually a really short space of time to the point where they sound surprisingly good and surprisingly realistic um so it's not something that you should kind of ignore out of hand um but as i say my sort of approach has been you enjoy the way you sound in the room agreed so if i were to ask you I think we've briefly covered it, but let's kind of cover all the bases. So you're saying that it would be an overdub style of recording? Yes. Yes. So you, you do um, your instruments one at a time. So you'd uh, have your drummer play the the groove of the song um, throughout the entire song. And you maybe record some what are called scratch tracks, which is just a rough take of, um, say, the guitar the rhythm guitar so that he's got something to play along with and then you'd layer on extra elements so you'd layer on your guitars over the top of that your bass over the top of that and your vocals and maybe background vocals over the top of that and then you sort of bit part by part build up the song mm. okay so how would you go about recording drums then with your setup Ooh. well i would place the sennheiser mic on the kick drum surprise surprise i'd place it just inside so most kick drums have a porthole nowadays um there's a little circle cut away where you can see into the kick drum um i'd place it just inside there pointing just um away from the beater of the kick drum um by the way sorry to anyone listening to this podcast right now um describing things like this is very hard um visual is a, a lot easier <laughs> Uh, but there we are. We're working the limitations of the medium. The SM57 would be uh, on the snare drum, sort of pointing towards the middle to get the most sort of crack out of it and the most um, impact. Um, ultimately, it's rock music. We're looking for impact. And then the overheads. There are loads and loads of different ways to place overhead microphones on drum kits. And that in and of itself is worth some research. Uh, my personal favourite is what is called ORTF, um, which is allows you to get some width on your on your drums but it's not super wide um i i will put an article in the show notes about drum overhead positionings because that is a world of its own okay so how about uh how about bass bass i would well it depends if i enjoy the sound of the bass amp then i would use the uh, kick drum mic so the sennheiser e602 um on one of the um speakers of the bass amp um i'd basically just kind of mess about with the positioning and the distance until it sounded good um 
it's kind of as vague as that really um and a lot of base amps have a direct out so you can get a sort of um unaffected uh bass guitar sound so you can take that and then plug that into the audio interface as well if i didn't enjoy the sound of the bass amp then i would probably plug my bass directly into the audio interface and just get the sound of the the bass okay so you have an instrument input on your interface Yes, it's got dual inputs. So um, where you can plug a microphone in, you can also plug, or instead of, you can plug an instrument and go direct. Okay, cool. I feel like that for now is the end of my questioning. Did I pass the test? Well, as we've established, this is competitive. So oh, we'll right. see. It's not, a pass- <laughs> it's not a case of passing. It's who wins is going to be the... Surely I always win. Hmm. <laughs> So, Joe, what's what's your setup? To talk, walk and talk me through it. So, I feel like my first choice is an absolute clutch one. It, I'm so, <laughs> so happy with it. I made it initially because I was really happy with loads of things, and then I read the extra bits that you got included with it, and I was so smug with myself. Oh. So, I have gone for the Focusrite Scarlet 18i8 third generation. An interesting choice. So, it is a fantastic sounding four preamps included within it, all with a little air switch filter on it. A lot of people will be familiar with the first gen and second gen, which I love, and they've only made the preamps better. It's lightweight and pretty small, so it's not a rack mount thing. You can just pop it it in your rucksack with like a laptop and you've pretty much got a mini recording studio ready to go. Mm -hmm. It's expandable with other Focusrite gear, so should you, a year down the line, decide, oh, well, you know, we want to record more inputs, you can just buy a Focusrite uh, preamp or you can buy like a bank of eight and you can connect them via digital or ADAT. And then you've then kind of got, you know, uh, let me do a quick bit of maths, 12. <laughs> you've got 12 preamps and you can, it's much more expandable. Because I think the the thing is, is when you buy gear, You've always kind of got something in the back of your mind of going, oh, in a year, if I want to upgrade, you know, I won't be able to sell this gear on for as much as I bought it. Mm. So that's one thing I try to consider is these are these are things I feel like that will last you for a few years and you can upgrade and expand. Uh, it's like Phil's choice. It's got uh, two headphone outputs, which I thought is really important. So we've got, you know, one for your inverted commas engineer or whoever's recording and one for whoever's playing. Um, and this is where I think it it does really, really well. So you get free Focusrite plugins included with it, which are absolutely fantastic, as well as Ableton Live Lite or Pro Tools First. Oh. So even if you don't have, and I'm, I wish everyone could see the shock on Phil's face. So <laughs> <laughs> even if you don't have software even if you just have a computer, if you get this, it will include all the software required to do the recording as well, all for the price of the interface. I feel bested already. So, and not I've not even done with what it's featuring yet. Uh, what? It also, like Phil, includes jack inputs as well. So if you kind of wanted to go straight in and use any of your now free software, such as amps <laughs> that you get in Ableton. So jammy. Or Sans amp. It's jammy because it's good. And then also as well, uh, you've got MIDI input and output. So if you wanted to use synths, because I'm kind of going more down the pop 
pop indie vibe, you've kind of got that option to kind of plug straight in or use any of Ableton's uh, free synth stuff. You can plug that into your keyboard and away you go. Jammy. Why is that jammy? <laughs> That's all I have to say. It's all I have to say because it's a really What's good choice. What's jammy about that? Because it's a really good <laughs> choice because it's, it's more or less as good as the pre-sonus, but it's got loads of extra stuff. <laughs> exactly. Well gutted. So, uh, any any questions before I move on? Not yet. Still jamming. Okay. So my next choice is the Shure SM7B, uh. which, if anyone who knows me or anyone who's worked with me, is the most predictable choice I could have made. So, if anyone isn't aware of what the Shure SM7B, it's basically a Shure uh, SM57, but on mega steroids. So uh, it's got a built-in pop filter, which is great. So it does all the things that Phil was talking about. Sounds incredible on pretty much any source. So uh, you're kind of talking snare drums, guitar amps, bass amps, kick drums, floor toms. Uh, Vocals, I think I may have already mentioned. Sounds amazing on that. Acoustic guitars, I've heard it been used before, and I've used them in mixes that have done really well. Yeah, it sounds fantastic on anything hi-hats it makes an incredible hi-hat mic because it kind of gets a lot of low end if you kind of go in for like a darker hi-hat feel and you're not worried about uh especially with if you're using small diaphragm condensers on hi-hats it can sometimes get a bit harsh the sm57 Mm kind of rolls that off a little bit Uh, not the sm57 the sm7 uh and i also just want to kind of throw a quick anecdote about the uh sm7b out there that uh, I work quite a bit at, um, at uh, Chapel Studios that has an amazing range of microphones. And every vocal recording session that I do there, I always set up three mics. I always set up the SM7B, the U67, which is an incredible vintage valve mic, and the original C12. Ooh. If you look at how much the... the, the what I think a sub subpar... Uh, remakes of them and they go for a few grand so imagine how how much the originals go for and then i get the artist to record into them do a take into each one and then come back in and listen and make a decision and they always do it blind we all do it blind so maybe the assistant will only know what one we're listening to the sm7b comes out on top 99 percent of the time (laughs) i'm not surprised and it really frustrates people because they want to record with the priceless mic, but they go, oh, damn, yeah, the, <laughs> the Shure sounds great. So there's no excuse for not getting an amazing vocal sound out of if you've got a Shure that is very true. SM7B. You can't really go wrong with that choice. No, uh, it includes a pop filter as well, which is another thing, like a really good one. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I feel like it's just going to be a workhorse that pretty much goes on everything. Um Okay, can I move on to my next one? You certainly can. So my next choice is the Audix D4, Ooh. which was similar to the mic that you mentioned earlier, which is the D6. But this is, again, like Phil, this is my low-end option. This is something that I can kind of see more on kick drums and on uh, bass amps. It's something that's going to... It's got a big hump around, you know, your low-end, low low-mid that kind of 
will really help to kind of add that impact. Even if you're using uh, sub synths and you kind of want to run that through a bass amp, which is a great trick if you are so inclined in doing that, I'd thoroughly <laughs> recommend that, especially if you want to get some saturation or make it sound a bit more lively, then an all XT4 is great for capturing that low end. Mm. Uh, next one? No questions yet. I'll wait, I'll wait till the end for I ask my questions. Uh, okay. So the next one I feel is even more of a cheat code than the focus rate. So this is the Lewitt LCT040MP. Again, a very, very catchy. Excellent name. <laughs> very, very catchy one. So for a round at the time of recording, it was around £155. You get a stereo matched pair of uh, small diaphragm condensers that sound incredible. And you don't even have to take my word for it on this. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, another person we'd thoroughly recommend checking out is someone called Warren Hewitt, who does Produce Like a Pro. He's a massive endorser of these microphones. So they work great on overheads, acoustics, piano, even if, you know, you know string players, strings, back, you know, you could get choirs and record them on this. They... Pretty much anything that the SM7B doesn't cover, these Lewitts will cover the rest of the spectrum. So between the two of them, you've pretty much got every bass covered. And for that price, is 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 unreal. It, yeah, it, they re I really don't think they can be matched in that in that price range. I've got in my notes insane in block capital letters. <laughs> uh, they're they're a real no brainer. Um, so my next choice are Superlux HD 681 headphones. Oh. So these are closed back headphones, and I'll be totally honest, they're no frills. Because <laughs> I was thinking about this, and I thought, if I'm a musician, I'm probably going to have headphones that I'm pre pretty happy with. So these are kind of just, they're closed back. They work great for just, you won't get any bleed into your vocal mic when you're doing vocals. You won't get any bleed into into your overheads when recording drums, unless you're deafening your drummer, then you've got other issues. So they're just great for getting the job done, really. They're not something you could mix on, but if you're taking stuff seriously, you're probably going to get your stuff sent off for mixing anyway. Very true. So, so this is not really... An, it, it does the job to get you to where you need to be. And more importantly, you've got two, two pairs. And that leaves me with uh, £15. Oh, which I was thinking, how am I going to use that £15? So I did a bit of research, and £15 will buy you six bottles of either Corona <laughs> or Peroni in a non-London Weatherspoons. Oh. That I'm really going to highlight non-London. Because <laughs> um, I once had a terrifying experience of buying a pint in central London. Oh, no, never do and, that. Uh, no, god no. awful. Uh, so, so yeah, buy six bottles of either Peroni or a Corona in a non-London Weatherspoons to celebrate your uh, successful recording session. Alternatively, here's a potentially more musical use of that £15. <laughs> On Toman, or Toman, you could buy a set of shakers for extra musical excitement. I mean... I have some shakers from Toman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being true. I'm being true to the music. Everyone loves a shaker. I know which would get the popular vote. That's all yeah, I'm going to say. I can't, I can't really argue with that. I'm playing to the crowd. I'm playing to the crowd. <laughs> You're always playing to the crowd. So go on, begin your line of questioning. 
So, very similar question. Uh huh. How would you record a drum kit? What would be your approach with this setup? So, I would go with the Audix D4 on kick drum. I'd go with the uh, SM7B on snare. And I'd go with a the Lewitz as the spaced pair. And it's quite difficult to describe on the podcast how you'd use it. So, if you email me, which is joe at neversaudio.com, I can respond to you with my free drum guide that will run you through how I record drums with diagrams as to where you should position it to get an absolutely killer sound. You're very good at this transition into... (laughs) (laughs) I'm a one-man plug machine. Plugging away. That is fair. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) fair enough. Because I I can sort of answer in my head how you'd record. So you'd record guitar with an SM7B, I'm assuming. Uh Uh-huh. And then you'd obviously record vocals with an SM7B. Then again, I would record... I'd probably record the guitar with an SM7B and the Lewitt as well, next Uh to each other. Yeah. Then you get a bit bit of flavour. Bit of taste. Yeah, you can kind of blend them between the two. You can kind of just... Or it presents another option for your mix engineer. Yes, which I think is is something really important to do. And obviously you've got your MIDI in for your keyboards, if Mm -hmm. you want that way. Um, And you've got direct-ins if you've got some keys that you like the sound of. Exactly. Or if you want to use software to record your guitar, like as an amp sim, you can go directly with that. Same goes for bass. For piano, you can use the Lewitt, if you are Mm -hmm. so inclined in, in doing that. Strings, you can use the Lewitt. Sounds great. Or you could, if you're doing a string player, then you can have a stereo pair slightly further away if it's a nice space and use the SM7 up close. Very true. You've just got loads of options. Even if it's a cello or a double bass, you can use the D4 to kind of get a really low end and then use the Lewitt slightly further away to capture the high end and blend the two. There's loads of options. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to stand by my choices. <laughs> however if I were to be presented with what Joe has chosen and I was told record this band I would be very happy with these choices I think there's there's definitely merit in both I, I, I don't feel like we could decide between the two so I think one it's important that you don't have to go with either one or the other if you yeah. like the sound of, you know, the Lewitts, but you prefer the sound of... Um, and when I mean sound, I don't mean literally how the microphone sounds and if you like you like the sound of potentially buying them. You can mix and match. So, you know, you mm-hmm. might go with the overheads from my setup. You might go with the interface from from Phil's setup. There's You can mix and match. There's no, like, you have to go down this way or another way. And to be honest, mixing and matching might even be a good idea because... Oh, the, yeah, collect- totally. the collective genius of both of us, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it would be uh, it'd be worthwhile potentially putting it to vote. Oh, so you could email email us and let us know who you think's won. Quite. So, Joe, <laughs> what's our email address? Our email address is musicsurvivalguide at gmail.com Wow, you've got such great memory, it must be said. I know, I got it right the first time. There totally mm. wasn't an edit involved at all. And what we are going to do, an extra thing we're going to do on our Facebook group, which if you haven't joined it is Music Survivor Guide Podcast on Facebook, we're going to put up a poll. I think mm. that's a good idea. Let's do that. Let's see yeah. who wins. Duke <laughs> it out. <laughs> Winner takes all. 
I don't know what I mean by all. <laughs> I don't, have we set a prize? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. Glory. Personal pride. <laughs> Personal pride. <laughs> Self-esteem. Fair enough. <laughs> So, as we say, if you're in a band or you're wanting to record your music, these are both, I think, really great choices. They're both really worth considering. Um, and uh, honestly, our best advice would be if you're thinking about it and you have this kind of money, just go for it and start recording. Um, the worst thing you can do is dither and not quite decide because the, the more time you spend thinking about what you want to buy, the less time you have recording and actually making the music. Always worth putting it in that way. Um, mm-hmm. if you want to get in contact with us, as Joe has already said, the music survivor guide podcast, uh, music survivor guide at gmail.com. I remember our email address. <laughs> you can contact me at phil at vortisoundstudios.com and you can email Joe at joe at neversaudio.com. I remember your email address. <laughs> I'd remembered yours for this week, but you beat me to it. Haha. <laughs> That's because I'm too good. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I want to highlight as well is the idea of this is to get you to a stage where you can send stuff off to a mix engineer. Yes. So I wouldn't exactly be worried going, oh God, I'm not going to produce, you know, the next number one platinum album that's going to be considered one of the best for the next 50 years. You you kind of just want to get to the stage where you're kind of going, okay, yeah, this is sounding cool. Reach out to someone like me and Phil and then me and Phil will listen to it and go, yeah, that sounds cool. Maybe try these maybe try these one or two things before it kind of hits mixing. And then mixing is the stage where you kind of go, oh yeah, okay, this yeah. is the real, this is the real McCoy now. That is worth saying as well. Um, if you are recording yourselves um, and you're not quite sure of something, it might be a technique, it might be an actual part that you're thinking about putting in but aren't sure about, feel free to email either myself or Joe and we will talk to you about your project yeah no to, i i totally agree with that to an extent the better the song is or the the reason why we want to kind of get involved at an earlier stage than just mixing is because if we can help you record it better then that in turn makes the mix better and then it makes oh, yes. the song better and everyone wins in that scenario our whole goal here is not to kind of you know just cash grab and move you on it's like we want to we want to make the song the best it possibly can be and for me it's i want to make it sound exactly as it sounded in your head before you started recording so don't worry about you know does it need to be like this final finished thing before i send it off to a mix engineer like we're perfectly happy to kind of hear some works in progress oh yes uh, and also just one final quick reminder on the drum thing if you are interested in recording your own drums please send me an email which is joe at nevisaudio.com just shoot me a quick message that says hey joe can i get that drum recording guide and i'll send you the pdf boom boom so we've hoped you enjoyed this episode episode 10 the big celebration home studio setup challenge <laughs> anniversary here we come um we will uh see you next time bye 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 <laughs>